listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Magic by Lyricara on AO3. They step out of the bar, and the rain is steady, unrelenting. It cascades, clanging loudly off the gutters of the restaurant, slipping over the awning, sending sheets of water down, a deluge that makes the concrete avenue glisten and glitter. The narrow street is nearly empty, incongruously sleepy in a city that never sleeps. The trees have once again sprouted leaves, and the warm, late spring day has seamlessly, lazily drifted into a humid, wet night. She pauses for just a moment under the overhang of the awning, and he nearly bumps into her as the door closes behind him. They'd met for a drink, because it's all she'd allow, and he'd been grateful to even get her to accept that. Noah had been at a sleepover. It's a Friday night. His place is equally empty and, fuck, he doesn't want to go home. He doesn't want to go home alone. No, that's wrong. He doesn't want to go home without her. Olivia looks back over her shoulder at him, and the sound of something hopeful starts within him. Her eyes are as open and reflective as the street, only hers glisten surprisingly, with conspiratorial mischief. She's softer these days, in every way. Her irises, her voice, her curves, her heart. She's steel inside, sure, but she's given up the sharp edges, and he's not yet used to the faraway quiet in her when he looks at her for any length of time. You want me to call you an Uber? Christ. His voice is rough. Too low, maybe. He clears his throat. But the truth is that he doesn't know what the hell comes next, and he sure as hell doesn't want to send her home. She shakes her head. Her eyes brighten more. Her chin raises. He sees the flush in her cheeks, and maybe that is because one drink had turned into three. Or maybe it's because they'd talked about Munch, or because he'd told her about seeing Cragen. Or maybe it's because they had laughed about the sheer number of times one of them had been suspended. She'd told him about her old partner Nick, and how he too used his fists, and that shouldn't have calmed her after. After. But it had. He told her about how he hated the cheap airlines that he'd used for work, jetting across borders during his years in Europe. And about how the sounds of sirens in Italy used to grate on him, because they just reminded him on some fundamental level, that he wasn't home. With her. They'd ignored the darkness in them tonight and focused on the light. Her lips turn up. I'm gonna walk. The volume of that hope within him, it gets louder. It's the impishness and challenge in her smile, the way she won't take her eyes off him. It's not thundering or lightning out here tonight but it's not far off from a warm East Coast monsoon, and she isn't holding an umbrella, and she's going to walk. He can't take his eyes off her either, 
in this weather, he says. It's not a question. He won't question her. At ten at night in a rainstorm. Of course, she'd choose this. It's flowers in her tea. It's slipping Simon money. It's running off to computer crimes. She'll do things her way and never the easy way. And he will stand by her, no matter her choices, because she does the same for him. Her eyes light a little more at his ribe amusement. Her nose crinkles from the fucking perfect way she smiles at him. She's a little buzzed, but she's not slurring. If anything, her guard is down with him for the first night in years. It's only 15 blocks. She shrugs, and it's playful. And he's going to do something wrong. He just knows it. He's got to be careful. So fucking careful. Jesus, she deserves careful. But he can't clear the ringing in his ears. The desperation that claws at him as the seconds pass. He doesn't want to give her up tonight. Not yet. He needs her. He would do anything for just a little more time next to her tonight. He can't touch her. He knows that. If he touches her, he will lose his stupid mind. His body will rage and he will move too fast. Slow, he tells himself. Slow. He takes a deep breath, as if that will give him answers. He has to be someone worth loving. If she can ever love him back, he has to be worthy of that. He's been trying. For months. Maybe for years. Jesus, even when he was determined to keep his marriage together, he'd held some faint hope that at least she could respect that, if nothing else about him. And now, she's standing a few feet in front of him, more beautiful than his brain can even comprehend, and he is at a loss about what to do next. God, the rain is loud, but it's not drowning out the piano player inside the restaurant, and the guy is singing something about a woman and magic, and it's as if the world wants Elliot to finally do something about it. His chest is hammering, and he realizes it's his heart losing any semblance of control. His adrenaline is thrumming through his fingertips, his skin, his... Fuck. She's all unruly hair, messy. That's bedhead, he thinks. And he's too old to not know what the hell he is doing. Live, he starts. She moves away from him, but she turns so she's facing him as she takes six steps backwards, defiantly backing straight out into the rain. She's instantly soaking, and she's looking right at him, eyes locked on his, and she's enough illumination to lay a glow over the entire street. She starts laughing, her hair is already dripping into her face, and she's laughing. Walk me home, she orders, daring him to say no. He'd put out the fires of hell with his hands for her. Rain won't deter him at all. But if he walks her home, then she can shut him out. She can end the night. She can close the door on this evening. He can't take that anymore. It's been 23 years of having to be sent home. He can't. Not again. He steps out into the downpour. The rain seems to pick up then, and as he watches, she holds her hands up, palms open to the night sky. 
It's as if the heavens are raining down just because she's asked. She's going to catch the offering in her hands. This isn't so bad, she teases, while water drips over her top lip. She grins and simply licks at it. She laughs a little harder, and he falls a little harder. And sometimes he thinks it's a miracle that his pulse doesn't just break through his skin when he's around her. He can still hear the music, and maybe this is all in his head. The rivulets of the spring rain continue to slip down her face, and she's year upon year of love and want and need, so much fucking need. She's the reprieve on the nights of suffocating, the air he'd gasp at in the sticky summer nights of Italy. She's every stunning painting he's ever been dragged to see, every ounce of history he holds. She's the renaissance in him now. It slips out of him, without warning, the pleading. He's soaking wet too, and he'll beg if that's what it takes. His hands can't be empty of her any longer. He can't look at Olivia and be expected to simply clench his fists. Come to my place, Liv. I'll drink beer with you in the rain all night if that's what you want. Fuck. He sounds desperate. His throat is uncooperative and the rain is loud and he's too quiet. She's playful and he's too serious and she's going to turn and... She steps closer to him. Too close. Her eyes darken, if that's even possible. Or maybe it's because he's fucked up and now the light is starting to drain from them. She's staring at him, inches from him, assessing something in him with holy black eyes. He lets her. He isn't going to measure up, he knows that. How could he when he'd left her for a lifetime? She doesn't know that he'd lied to her again last year when he told her that he'd been happy, that they'd been happy in Italy. He'd been content to watch his wife be happy there, yeah, but the joy had never permeated his own head, not the way he'd led her to believe. He's always been half of who he should have been, making other people happy, safe, has always been his measure of personal worth, and he'd sacrificed Olivia as completely as he'd sacrificed himself. And now she's silent in front of him, letting the rain seep into their clothes, her breaths are hard, heavy, and he's dimmed her because she's solemn now. She'd been happy a few moments ago, and then he'd pushed. Again. He wants to break down, because he does this to her. He's seen it, how she wears the ghosts when she looks at him too long. He does this to her, and he feels himself cracking under the relentlessness of his mistakes. He won't touch her, he won't. She deserved someone more then, and she deserves someone more now. He needs to go the fuck home, to just stop ruining everything for her by asking for things he should never be granted. Fuck. She's so close, and he bows his head in apology. There are so many things that want to come screaming out of his chest. Declarations, promises, apologies, self-recrimination. I can't do that, she says quietly and firmly. He won't look up at her. He can't, not when his throat is burning, not when he might finally lose it after all. Maybe she'd always been the Holy Grail, 
and as long as he had hope, he could withstand the grueling nightmare he's been living. But he'd hurt her somehow tonight, in the last few minutes, and he can't keep doing that. He won't. He nods. I get it. He rasps. Do you? You were happy a minute ago, Liv. He shakes his head. He can't look at her. He focuses on the lights shimmering at the end of the street. She'd been happy tonight, and then he'd gone and asked too much. He chews on his lower lip, unable to meet her eyes. The rain is still coming at them. No longer magic, but an omen. I ask you for too much. You don't ask me for enough. She counters on a rush. He jerks his gaze back to her face, startled. She looks surprised, too, as if she didn't expect to say what she had just said. Her eyes are impossibly wide, trepidation creeping into them. What are you talking about? He says it fast, too fast. Anything to keep her from backing away. Shit, he can't sound harsh, even if he is just as stunned as she is. You say no, Liv. And he descends. A free fall into the pleading again. The pain. It's always a roller coaster with her. I ask, and you say no. The rain owns the space between them. She's blinking at him now, and it's shocking how fast she can go from formidable to vulnerable. The sad smile that forms on her full lips is small filled with regret and way too much kindness. She tilts her head, as if granting him an out. You're lonely, Elle, and you want me near because I'm just comfortable. She ducks her head, and her soaking wet hair falls round her face. She's looking at her feet, and he's never seen her like this, unsure of her own place, and the noise in him is a riot. It's a broken, howling thing, because how could she get this so wrong? Left her. For ten years. How could he? He'd done this to her. He'd taken their partnership, their friendship, their love, and he'd discarded it. He'd taken their foundation with him, and he'd left her without any information. She doesn't know. She doesn't have any idea about what she means, what she's always meant, what he feels every damn day. She doesn't know what ten years away from her does to a man. You're anything but comfortable, he tells her, leaning into her body. His mouth is near the top of her head, and she can hear him, and she's soaked to the bone, but she doesn't look up. You're the least fucking comfortable thing in my whole world, Olivia. Maybe it's the gruffness in his voice, the way he bites off every word, the way he's shaking with the need to tell her, to let it all out once and for all. But she finally lifts her head and raises those damp lashes so she can meet his eyes. She's racked with pain. He can see it in her expression in the hollows of her that she lets him witness now, in the exhaustion, in the way her shoulders slump. She thinks she's being stoic, but her irises openly tell him about emptiness, about trying, about how much of a front she's been putting on for the last year, 
trying to be strong for him, trying to hold it all together, trying to be his safe space. She thinks she's failed. God, no. He's getting this wrong, too. And he can't. Not anymore. Because fuck it, this pain, the ambiguity, it ends tonight, one way or another. Comfortable, he repeats, shaking his head, nearly stupefied by the absurdity of that word. He looks down the street again, and it's a default when he looks away. He's just trying to escape the damage he does. No more. He looks at her then, and makes sure she's looking at him. She is. Silent and on the verge of tears, Olivia just stares at him, waiting for him to take a hammer to the glass bridge she's built between them. He'll keep the bridge, but he'll use the hammer on the walls that remain between them. Here, in the rain, in the incessant downpour, he will tell her once and for all. He will tell her, and he won't stop talking until she understands. He will tell her because it's bigger than him now, bigger than anything he can contain. How can you be comfortable, Olivia? You keep me up at night. I see you on the street like a gutting haunt. I hear your voice in random places and turn around to answer you. I say your name when I'm sleeping, and I have for too long. She shudders as if stricken, and that makes him pause. The tremor travels through her, from her shoulders to her knees. Olivia wobbles, then steadies herself. She glances around, as if she doesn't know where she is, as if she's confused about what is happening. It is his life's failure that she doesn't know who she is to him. Comfortable? He continues. God, he wants to touch her. Every damned place I went in Italy, there you were. The number of times I nearly grabbed a stranger, thinking maybe, just maybe it was, stop it, she whispers, but nothing on her moves. Like hell he'll stop now. You make my bones fucking ache. My hands hurt right now because I want to touch you so damn bad. I overthink everything I say around you half the time until I literally can't say anything at all. Her lips part, and she is so, so still. She's waiting, he thinks. She's watching him, and the toughest woman in New York is the most delicate thing he's ever seen. She's filled with trepidation. He can feel it coming off of her in waves. He knows now. He knows the difference between rain and tears, and how they fall differently. She remains unmoving, maybe not even breathing. But her eyes have filled and spilled, elegantly and quietly and without any fanfare. There aren't many tears, three, maybe four, but they cling to her lashes before dropping, and he keeps going only because she hasn't run. I'm in pain, he finally admits, and he lets her hear it in him. He lets her hear the ache, the desperation, the things he wants to give her. And that's it, he thinks. That's the last of what he's got. This is pain. Olivia furrows her brow. You just lost your wife, she says quietly. Of course you're in pain. 
God forgive him. He's had it. Her inability to see what she does to him frustrates the hell out of him. For a moment, he thinks about walking away. It's more like them to just drop it, to separate, for one of them to go stalking off down the street. But time has cost him. It's cost them. It's cost everyone something. His throat is too wound, his chest too tight. Maybe it's the rain, the way it won't shut up. Or maybe it's the last notes of a song drifting out from the restaurant. A determined melody that will fight the sound of the storm to win. He finds himself splintering, and he will leave the pieces of himself here in the drenched gutters if that's what it takes. He's anything but calm. Let her see, he thinks. Maybe she just needs to really see. He's in a purgatory, caught between begging and yelling. I know what pain is, Olivia, but grieving for what is gone and grieving for you are two totally different things. He's too loud, he knows that, because this blasted rain is being drowned out by his outburst. He doesn't care. The dam has broken and he is all in. The former? I'll get through it. I am getting through it. But the latter? You? I've been grieving that for over a decade, and you're a hole in me that doesn't fucking heal. He'd gotten too close at the end, and she steps back now, gasping at a breath. She's looking at him with accusation, in agony, and she's soaking damned wet through her jacket, her jeans, and fuck, fuck, fuck. He should have just kept his mouth shut and walked her home. The rain doesn't stop. He's breathing hard, and she's breathing hard, and he will not, will not look away from her. If he lets her run now, the chasm will be too great, too impossible, too much. They have faced off on the street with the gushing pipes and the cobblestone walkway and the nonstop pellets of water that hit their shoulders now. They have faced off, and it's the moment they should have had 15 years ago. What do you want from me? The words are broken, her face almost crumbling before she gathers herself. She tries to straighten her shoulders, but instead of looking strong, she reminds him of a child trying to act tough. She's in tears, and she's Olivia Benson, and she's his partner and the one true love of his entire misguided life. Her lip is quivering, and he prays to God that he is doing the right thing here by finally going all in. He's made fists at his side so he doesn't grab her. Everything. I want everything. It's all he's got. She frowns and looks down, and he's frozen to the spot. Olivia. Her breathing is forcibly even, and it's as if she's searching for answers on the tips of her boots. She scrapes one foot over the other, shoves her hands in her pockets. She's soaked to the bone, and he just wants to warm her up, to rub her dry with towels, to get his mouth on hers, to finally know. Live, he prods again. I want everything. She lifts her head then, and he could weep because there is a barely noticeable willingness in her, a spark of hope, 
a tiny leap of faith, shrouded in caution and the last vestiges of fear. He sees the darkness and her daring to fill with light again, and he thinks that the tragic and the magic are not so far apart after all. Why? She wouldn't be the woman he knows if she didn't issue one last challenge. He'll meet that challenge. Because we were always meant for this. For this moment. For here and now. It's now, Olivia. You and me. It's now. This is our time. He feels the air whoosh back into his chest. It's a reprieve. A wave of determination. No more lying to ourselves. There's no reason, Olivia. No reason we can't. So, he pauses and he prays. He prays to the clouded heavens, to the burgeoning treetops, to something above him, to something that will grant him mercy. He squeezes his eyes shut, lifts his face to the rain, and shakes off the fear before he finally looks back at her. So what do you say? Give me a chance. Give us a chance. Her hands are still in her pockets, so his somehow managed to stay off of her. She closes her eyes now. Her lips are pressed tight together. And you won't... Her words hitch. He knows. He leans in, so his mouth is near her forehead, and he finishes her sentence. I won't leave you. Not ever fucking again. The rain is slowing. It's gentle now, fading to a drizzle around them. She is shuddering, and the night is too warm to justify it. Her chin tucks into her neck, and she almost breaks. She almost cries. He can see the cracks forming. But she grabs at a breath. She nods once, twice, never looking up at him. It's as if she's having a conversation with herself. And then... Okay, she murmurs. Okay. He doesn't think he's heard her right. Okay? Just like that? When she opens her eyes again and looks at him, the air around him disappears. It's a black hole, and he's lost his ability to breathe. He doesn't deserve how she's looking at him, with wet eyes, with faith, with a willingness to do something she's terrified to do. She'll follow him into this. That's what that look is. She's made a decision to trust him. A decision he doesn't deserve. A decision he will never make her regret again. She's a woman who has left broken hearts across this city for decades. Who has left her own heart shattered too many times. There's no reason for her to choose him. For her to accept him. And yet, if you're sure she says softly. He can hear her, because everything around him has abated. The rain has become a gentle mist wrapped in a soft fog, a cocoon sheltering them here together on this street. I'm sure. She shrugs. Okay, then. It's so simple, so quiet, so overwhelming that he almost laughs. Nearly a quarter of a century after meeting her, after more than a decade of his world revolving around her every day, after the losses, the agony, 
the destruction, the too few victories, the running, the returning, the risks, and the reckonings. He'd just asked her, asked her for absolutely everything, and she'd simply said, okay. He can't help it. He grins in disbelief. So that's it? We're a thing now? They are soaking and stupid and sensational all at once. He thinks maybe this is a movie, because the beautiful girl is covered in rain, and he is in love, and she's looking up at him now with amusement and a sweet, flirty playfulness she won't give anyone else. That depends, she says, and the teasing cockiness is back. Oh yeah? On what? Two can play. He's wrong, because the way she smiles, he's going to lose any battle of wits. She's Benson again, maybe the Benson he'd known back in the day. She's piss and vinegar and sass. The years of absence now evaporated. There have been no days in between. This woman, she is his and he is hers. If not the king and queen of Manhattan, they are still the reigning knights at the very least. She looks at him and he is utterly invincible. Are you a good kisser? He laughs because the rain is gone, the streets are wet, and she's got no idea about all of the things he's going to make her feel. But he can't push it in this second, because this is the era of their unwrapping. This is the era of their unfolding, the era of all the things they had locked away, all the doors they had closed. This, this is the opening. This is the start. It's just the start. It had taken them 23 years to get past the rebelling and get to the revealing, and by God, he's going to revel in all of it now. He shrugs and turns, starting to walk down the street with his hands in his pockets, too. You're going to have to follow me to find out, he calls back loudly. It's a risky move, he knows. But a second later, he hears her footsteps follow. Bastard. She mutters irritably when she's close. Her stride falls into step, and it's not his pace or hers, but theirs. She matches him, soaking and purposeful, chin high, shoulders squared. She takes that street with him, heading towards the lights. He's always felt the visceral need to protect her, but that need morphs now. It's been given permission to grow, to shift, to change. His chest feels bigger. The holes in him are healing with every step. He wants to scream it out loud. I love her. I love her. Because all of Manhattan ought to know that tonight. She ought to know. She will soon. Maybe tonight. Where are we going? She finally asks when they are nearly a block from the restaurant. Bodega for some beer, then my place, he retorts. You're not going to get lucky tonight, she advises, rolling her eyes at him. I already did. He grins widely, holding the bodega door open for her. She follows him in, soaking, her jeans dripping onto the floor. At this rate, I'm not even going to kiss you. To emphasize her point, she makes a face at him, then heads two aisles down in search of snacks. 
He grabs her beer and his and then waits for her at the counter. He's trying to control his breathing, his body, trying to subdue his nearly overwhelming need to crush his mouth to hers once and for all. When Olivia comes sauntering down the aisle, she's dangling two bags of cheddar and sour cream ruffles high, showing her bounty off to him. Your favorite, he states. She's glowing. Her eyes, her smile, her wet skin. She's positively radiant as she comes too close to him. Not close enough. And then she's on her tiptoes, nose to nose, and who knows what this is. Her eyes focus on his mouth, openly teasing him. You're my favorite. He laughs because she's corny and he's old. And who knew Hope could feel like this? He pays for their loot, and she's swinging her bag just a little as they walk out. Is this a date? She asks as they head to the corner, waiting for the Uber he's now ordered. If you want it to be. She seems to consider it, finally shrugging. I guess it can be, since you paid for dinner. It's her tone that makes him realize where they are, a street over from where she used to live all those years ago, a street away from a front porch, one they'd sat on 15 years earlier, a place where she'd come home to him. And now, now he's come home to her, for good, forever. Her knees had bumped into his that night, and tonight, it's her bag that hits his. Are we good? He asks. Olivia's eyes widen. She remembers. We're good, she grins. And they stand there, on the street corner, waiting for the car that will take them into their first night. For a couple of detectives, sure took us a long time to figure it out, he muses wryly, unable to take his eyes off of her. There's only one detective here, Olivia shrugs, lifting her chin and pretending to look away haughtily. One of us is a captain. Fuck it. He stands behind her, and with the hand not holding the beer, he wraps his arm around her waist. Show off, he whispers into her hair. She laughs, facing this city of hers head on, with him once again at her back. She throws her head back and laughs. Around them, Manhattan is illuminated in response. It's ready too, now washed clean, waiting for absolutely everything he has promised her. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.